This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Salutations, everybody. My name is Eric Pizzino, and uh, virtually by my side, every time we do this, is my co-host... Conrad Toll. Yes, and today we have a special guest. Our guest today is a paranormal investigator with 30 years of experience, and he started at a very young age of nine, and I'm going to ask him about that. He recently joined a team called the PIOT, and he is the co-host on the Paraconnections podcast on Spotify. His name is Andy. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are too, yeah. So I guess the first question I really got for you is what happened at the age of nine that got you interested in paranormal or even left an impression on you? Oh, gosh. Well, it was a (laughs) number of things, actually. It started off with an experience I had. Um, My mom, okay, she's not been a regular part of my life since I was about three. My parents are divorced, so I used to go and spend the night at her house every weekend. And at this particular point in my life, I want to say around around the time I was about eight or nine years old, and she lived in a trailer. And uh, in the back, the very back of this trailer was this room, and mm. it was always a mess. She used it for... Um, like a storage room and it was also a bedroom and uh i did not did not like this room it had a weird very foul smell to it um Hmm. it was filled with insects we're talking bees wasps there were nests like everywhere Hmm. and i was just lucky enough to where i had to sleep in this room oh that sounds so, terrible yeah, not not the best experience let me tell you and uh well i'll just get straight to the point on this but uh there was one night i spent the night over at my mom's house and I, we were in this room i was in this room and i went to sleep well i woke up to a very heavy feeling on my chest and I woke up and there was this black mass like right on my chest and I couldn't move. I could barely breathe, but I couldn't move for the longest time. And I'm sitting there struggling. I'm struggling to get up and I'm trying to scream. Nothing is coming out. And suddenly I feel what feels like my wrists being cut. Wow. And yeah. 
and it's done the right way too, like up and down, yeah, yeah. not across. So um, I'm I'm sitting here bleeding from the wrists, and I'm I'm struggling to figure out is this a dream or is this real because I can feel the pain. I can feel the pain from my wrists. I can feel myself fleeting away as I bleed. And I'm sitting here struggling. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm just released. I'm able to sit up and I get up. My wrists still cut. I'm looking down the hallway and there's my mom just standing there at the end of the hallway and she's not moving. She's not coming to my aid or anything. She just standing there staring at me well that's not creepy at all yeah <laughs> and and i'm sitting there i'm i'm at this point pleading with her i'm like please i'm cut i need help call 911 and uh yeah so i you know um to my recollection she just she's just standing there and it's like she's in a trance and uh after a while i just kind of snap out of it like nothing ever happened but at this point i'm not laying down i'm i'm sitting up and my wrists are not cut my mom is not standing at the end of the hallway and everything is just and at this point though i'm like terrified out of my mind so i just sit up bed listening to the buzzing of the bees and the wasps throughout the room which i'm terrified of by the way hmm. and yeah so i just i stay like that for the rest of the night i could not go back to sleep i just couldn't do it yeah did, did you have a weird vibe in that room oh yeah from the start from the start i mean ever since my mom moved into that place i've had a very weird vibe about that about that room i just i never liked it in there i have a um, kind of oddly specific question was the room generally a different temperature than the rest of the house you know i i can't really remember um all i can remember is that it had a very a very odd smell to it I mean, it wasn't a pleasant. It wasn't pleasant at all. But it was a very odd smell. I can't even. I can't even describe it. So it wasn't chemical in nature, or like bacteria-wise, or something like that. No, it, it definitely wasn't like a chemical. Um, I don't know, and it wasn't. It wasn't like a sulfur smell or anything like that. Wow. I don't. I don't really know how to That's describe. So, was it just the room, or was it the entire house? It was just that back room. Really? Yes. Hmm. Just that. The rest of the house, I was fine. I I never had any other feelings about that the place or anything. It was just that one room. So, did somebody previously live in that uh, house before you guys lived in there, or? Um, I'm guessing. I didn't. I didn't really do a whole lot of research I on the you. place. Um, mainly because I was very young and I, I didn't right. know do any of that stuff at the time. And, uh, yeah, I, but, uh, I never went back. I never went back to that place. I don't blame you. Did you ever find out what it was or um, did you ever get a feeling like that again? No, no, no. I mean, like I said, I never did go back to that place, but I never did feel that way anywhere else that I've huh. been either. So yeah, it was a very, a very odd feeling, a very terrifying feeling. Um, so where did you progress from there? How did you, th that was what started 
I'm guessing your interest in the paranormal, but yeah, that was the, that was the major thing that started it. But then I I started to go to the public library and I started reading up on the paranormal, and that's what got my career started. Mm-hmm. Um, I started reading up on the paranormal like crazy. I mean, any book on the paranormal I could possibly pick up, I was picking up and reading them. And uh, so from there, I started going to different places in my hometown and learning about, you know, the different histories of certain houses or Mm -hmm. the cemeteries or, you know, anything I could, anything I could learn. And there was one place in particular. This place was called the Stacy Mansion. I don't and, believe uh, I've heard of that before. Well, it's, it's got a very interesting story to it. It was owned by a judge and he and his family were one of the first settlers in my hometown. And, uh, when the judge passed away, his wife had a granite chair placed as like a a family name marker Mm. and when she would go to visit his grave after his death she would always sit in that chair well there's a legend that when she died or before she died she cursed that chair stating that anyone who was after her death would fall to their demise right right i've heard of the chair i guess i just haven't heard of the uh the mansion before uh so you have heard of the stacy chair yeah yeah and uh so yeah that was that was the uh the legend of it and there's also a legend behind it that states that if you sit in the chair you'll see horrific visions of how the family died and things like that i i'm not sure if i believe that one but <laughs> well that's probably something probably not too eager to find out either <laughs> right. right i mean i have tried to sit in a chair however i'm really? i'm in a wheelchair uh-huh. um i was born with spina bifida and so it was hard for me to get out of my chair and into the granite chair and then back into my chair. Right. So I couldn't do it without falling on the ground, unfortunately. Um, so I never did get a chance to sit in the chair. Now, the, the Stacy Mansion actually ties into the story of the chair um, because the Stacy family had a daughter. And I think they had five children altogether. And this daughter, I believe, was the oldest. And... She was later in life labeled by the town as being a witch. Oh, really? And she was labeled as such because she outlived everyone in her family. Literally everyone. Hmm. And so, yeah, they, they labeled her a witch, stating that she was immortal. However... Um, later on, that proved untrue because she did pass away, but her spirit is said to still be seen within the mansion walls. Hmm. Really? That's now, interesting. Yeah, she's uh, she's seen throughout the corridors and in certain rooms and things like that. So, God, that sounds creepy. Yeah, it sounds yeah. a lot like a vampire, you know, feasting on... Because generally, that's what we found when researching vampires, is that vampires... 
generally prey upon their family first. So it seems as though that she would prey on her own family, and then once they were all dead, she then followed them. Right, right. And coincidentally, at that point in time in history, vampires were actually very popular, um, you know, because there were a lot of false deaths things like that at the time mm-hmm. you know this is this was around the time where they used to tie a string around the person's toe and that that string was attached to a bell above ground right right that when the person if the person was still alive when they buried them all they had to do was wiggle their toe and it would ring that bell and people would know to come and dig them up so yeah it was around that time however if you know you a lot of times when these false deaths would occur they would basically claim that these people were vampires mm-hmm. all the time because they were they were seen as the undead mm-hmm. even though they were not actually dead right so what? So one of the things that I kind of wanted to this figure out is uh, the I suppose the definitions of what exactly is paranormal activity. Like what is the uh, the spectrum that all of that would cover, and what would it not cover? That's a good question, Conrad. Ooh, that's that's actually a very tough question as well. I specifically only cover like the afterlife part mm-hmm. of it. There are many different realms of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. But I I like to specifically only cover the afterlife because that's the part that interests me the most. Okay. Um, I've I never I mean I I do study like cryptids and things like that, but it doesn't interest me enough in right. terms you know it doesn't it's not something that really catches my interest like mm-hmm. you know the afterlife does. So yeah, I've I've mainly studied like ghosts and wraiths and demons and uh poltergeists and you know just things like that so what are the difference between those oh gosh (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay well there are many 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 types of spirits um you've got your intelligent hauntings which are hauntings that are able to react to you in an intelligent way. They react to the, to the living intelligence. So they're a cognitive. Of- exactly. And then you've got your residuals. Now, a residual haunting is more like a recording in time. Mm-hmm, like an echo. Yes, a lot like an echo. Um, and they don't. they don't actually interact with the living they just play over and over and over again doing the same things is it fairly quick to uh, determine what kind of activity you're dealing with it can be at some time at some points but most of the time it's a lot of work um, there's a lot of debunking involved in the paranormal. Um, I like to think that if you if you don't debunk, then you have no evidence. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, I what I like to do is I'll I'll go into a location and as soon as I experience activity, I'll start to pull out my equipment. I will scan the area where I saw, you know, the activity and I will pick up any readings that I possibly can. And then once I've picked up those readings, 
I will come up with a mental list in my head of ways that this activity can be naturally possible. I will come up with any natural explanation for this activity and I will go through the list and I will um, basically test each one of those items on the list. And if I can go through the entire list without finding any possible natural explanations, then chances are I've got something paranormal. Interesting. So what sort of equipment do you use? Well, I have a a thermal gauge with an infrared laser, which basically um, measures ambient temperatures. Um, it measures the temperature of whatever the laser is pointing at. Um, I also use an SB7 spirit box, okay, which is one of my favorite pieces of equipment. Um, I've also got a very highly sensitive digital voice recorder, and I've got a little joke about this thing because it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. I tell people that it's powerful enough to pick up a mouse fart from a mile away. But uh, yeah, a, f a funny story about this recorder is when I first got it, I got it for Christmas last year. And the day after Christmas, I decided to test it out. So I turned it on and I let it run. I put it on the opposite side of the room from me. And then I sat on the other side of the room and I put on a headset mm -hmm. and I was watching YouTube videos while that thing was running. And I was thinking this is going to be cool. I'm going to pick up a ton of EVPs. I can't wait. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to these YouTube videos for about an hour. And then I thought, okay, an hour has gone by with enough time. I'm going to turn off my YouTube video, go to this recorder, turn it off, and then go back and listen to it. Well, much to my surprise, sure enough, I did catch something. What I caught was the sound of every single YouTube video <laughs> through my headset. Wow. I was wearing a headset and it still picked up every bit of it. I mean, you could actually make out the words that people were saying in these videos. That's incredible. That's how powerful it is. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell you the brand. It's it's some off brand. It's like a Japanese brand. Starts with a Y but I couldn't even come close to pronouncing it. <laughs> um, I, don't, and then, I don't even think we have earpieces that are that powerful. Yeah, I mean, this thing really, really shocked. So I'm definitely keeping that baby. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that sounds awesome. So you have actually gotten some EVPs over the years? Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of my favorite ones I actually caught in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Really? Gettysburg, Pennsylvania was actually, believe it or not, it was my very first official investigation. So I started off official as a solo, your solo career, or is this when you joined the team? No, this is my my solo career. Your solo career, okay. Like when I when I first started out as a paranormal investigator, the very first thing I did was went to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. So yeah, I started off in the big leagues. Nice. Yeah. So and, what do you uh, find mostly at Gettysburg? Oh gosh. Well, let me tell you one of my favorite locations in Gettysburg was the Farnsworth house. I'm sure you're familiar with that. 
If not, it's a house where uh, some of the soldiers hid out. And then uh, later on, there was like a big battle that took place because they were found out. Um, so there was a gunfight that took place um, and the soldiers were shot and killed. But a lot of them still remain within the house. And nowadays, they use that house as a bed and breakfast. And they like to do this thing where they tell ghost stories about the town in the basement of the Farnsworth house. Hmm. And anybody can come in and, and listen to these stories if they've got the money, of course. Mm-hmm. So we went down there and listened to the stories. And while one of the stories was being told, I got tapped on the shoulder. Really? And I, yeah, and I've got a wide wheelchair. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, someone's trying to get by me. So I feel this tap on my shoulder and I turn around to see, you know, to see who this person is so that I can move out of the way. And there's nobody there. Oh, man. I'm like, wow, my first actual experience. And it was a touch. So I thought that was really cool. And then later on that same night, we went back to our hotel and we had sunglasses each each one of my I went on this trip with my family mm. we all had sunglasses and we would put our sunglasses on a stand where there was the TV and then down below was like a mini bar and you know things like that and we put our sunglasses next to the TV and we pushed them back against the wall so that there was no way they could just fall off you know and uh, we woke up the next morning to find our sunglasses scattered around the room really yes they were on the floor scattered around the room and they were basically on the other the opposite side of the room from this uh, table that we originally had them set on so that was a mystery to us because because we were asleep when this happened and I had equipment running at the time. I had my my video camera. It was a high eight video camera and I had it set on night vision and it was scanning the room the whole night except for just before this happened because the camera had just shut off it didn't die it just really oh man that that gave me the creeps i mean what is the mindset that you have when you go through one of these investigations well i'm kind of crazy so my mind <laughs> my mindset is man this is awesome i gotta get <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I very rarely get scared about anything. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the crazy ones. So I will, I will go towards whatever I'm experiencing, which is the mark of a good investigator anyway. I was going to say yeah. that that'll probably get you pretty good and pretty far in your, in your field. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm always going towards whatever it is I'm experiencing because when I experience it, I want to know more about it. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about everything. So uh, going back to Gettysburg and all that sort of thing, you, there's tons of, of forts and battlefields that you can visit about the Civil War and even the Revolutionary War where it's just, there are hot spots for paranormal activity. There's so many forts where like, 
especially places where there was great uh, sicknesses, where they were all crammed together in conditions. Why is it battlefields like Gettysburg and that sort of places are such hotspots for paranormal activity? Well, we like to think that it's because of, you know, the turmoil that is created during these battles. You know, I mean, it, there's a lot of emotion mm-hmm. in war. You know, and because of this really strong emotion that runs through each and every one of these people during times of war, a lot of times that can cause a spirit to to stay behind. Hmm. Okay, so would it be like a combination of like their, um, I guess their their motivation for fighting, their camaraderie with one another, the great physical activity they're putting into it, and then also the extreme violent death, all of these things together are just a a great formula for that sort of thing yes yes exactly that's exactly it yeah it's just it's a mixture of all that stuff together you know and it's it's enough to basically emotionally tie them to that area so they they stick around because you know, I mean, their their spirits are forever tied to that that feeling of war time. So, you know, they they generally like to stick around and you know try and try and seek help, basically, because you know they're they're just going through so much that it's hard to explain. But they're they're going through so much emotionally that they just. I don't know. They they just feel the need to stick around, I guess. Right. Well, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll have more questions for our guests. So don't go anywhere. And we're back from the break. So um, do you have any more questions, Conrad? Because I still got quite a few here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a, a few about like the, the community of the of the paranormal in general, but just for those who, I guess, if <laughs> generally when we come back from the break, break, we should reintroduce our esteemed guest. Oh yes, well you know this is our first guest ever on the program, so we want to welcome back Andy. Wow, first guest ever! I'm honored. <laughs> So I do have one question, though. What is it like to do it solo compared to doing it with a team? Like, what is uh, the difference? Oh, boy. Well, I would say that when it comes to doing it solo, in my opinion, it's, it's a bit more challenging when you do it solo. Because a lot of people tend to not really, I, I had a problem with people seeing me as a legit investigator. And a lot of that had to do with my disability. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as, as bad as that sounds, it was very true. Um, I've had people, you know, who would say, well, you know, you're in a wheelchair. How can you do this? And how can you do that? That's, well, it, it is very challenging because, you know, there's a lot of times where you will find locations where a lot of the activity is upstairs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't get upstairs. So I would ask for help. You know, I would say, hey, here, take this recorder or, you know, take this, uh, this camcorder and set it up for me upstairs. Um, and a lot of times we would not catch anything. 
thing because, well, the equipment would be kind of set up wrong because I'd have to rely on people who are not professionals at it mm, right? and things like that. And so a lot of times we would just catch sounds rather than videos. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'd like to point out, though, you don't have to be a professional in order to be a paranormal investigator. Um, and you don't have to have fancy equipment either. Um, a general household items can be used as paranormal equipment. You can use things like paper. You can use light items such as talcum powder or paper clips or string or cotton balls, things like that, wind chimes. You know, you can use anything as a paranormal tool. And so... So do you prefer to uh, do it solo or with a team? Um, Actually, I am really enjoying working with my team, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I was solo for 30 years. And, Mm. you know, I've, I've been with my team now for... About a month, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I really am. Um, I especially love the podcasts. I really do. Podcasts are just my thing. So, <laughs> so I really thoroughly enjoy it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm really digging that. Um, now, in terms of investigations, I I can't really travel because of my disability. So what we do is um, I join them through. Um, like live videos and things like that. Okay. Like video calls or live streams, that sort of thing. And, uh, so yeah, that's how I'm investigating with them for now because the team is actually based in Indiana and I'm in Michigan. So I got you. It, yeah. It's kind of hard for us to get together, but they are actually planning on coming to Michigan occasionally so that I can actually join them. Oh, that's cool. I'm kind of interested in your, your team. Uh, what do they like doing? Like the, the other ones, like you have your little niche of you like the, I suppose the afterlife aspect of paranormal activity. Do they all have the same, um, I guess energy towards that or do they all have their own little thing and y'all do different things depending on, okay, we did your thing last time. Let's do my, my thing this time. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I'm still in the process of learning all that about my team. Okay. I, I don't, I don't fully know everyone just yet. Um, I mean, I, I know them, but I don't, I don't know them to that extent. I see. Because of the fact that I'm here in Michigan, I don't have, you know, the ability to really, really get to know them. I would imagine, though, at the end of the day, it's it's everyone's opinion is probably geared towards the same result at the end. They, right. They want to debunk something to prove something else. And An interesting way wind travels through a, a window or something right one thing i do know for is that we are all very much on the same page in terms of how to conduct an investigation so in that aspect we all work very very well together Mm -hmm. um and we're all also in it strictly to to help people we don't do it for money or anything like that so we don't charge we do everything for free oh that's cool 
and yeah and uh yeah we all we all have our own specific things that we do so does your uh, team is it is it actually the uh, podcast or is that a separate um actually the same people who do the podcasts are the same people doing the investigation yes oh cool so you um put up your or the team puts up their results on their podcast or do they have a youtube channel as well um no, we've got a website. Oh, I got you. Yeah, we've got a website that we put everything on. Um, now I I think we're working on a YouTube channel, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I think that that was mentioned. Um, so how when you have a team of investigators, is there like specialist in some ways, or is everyone fairly skilled on the same investigating? Uh, skills and you just do it on a wider scale kind of like a i suppose <laughs> is it more like a, a group of people who uh in, in the hmm. for instance you have a moving company is, is everyone just doing this, the same thing where everybody's good at loading up the back of the truck and you're just all packers or is it a specialized thing where you have maybe two packers and one driver and a coordinator and somebody else who's a special <laughs> at making sure that nothing gets broken. Is that kind of how it is where you're specialist or is it all everyone's fairly does the same thing? Um, actually there, there are a few specialists on the team. Um, and we're working on more. We're growing. We're, we're starting to grow. Um, we've got a couple or we've got at least one person coming on to the team. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's, he's going to be coming on to the team fairly short shortly actually and then what's his specialist ability <laughs> um from what i'm told he is a demonologist oh awesome yeah we're we're looking forward to meeting him oh, i'd look um, forward to meeting him as well <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like demonologists so do you, do you guys have a uh, clairvoyant or is someone uh, sensitive on your team um actually there are two sensitives on Yes, yes, there are two sensitives on the team, and I have to be one of them. Cool. Yeah, I th actually, I think you mentioned that to me. So do you get a general feel of something's here when you're at a uh, investigation? Yes. Um, I get a lot of, like, phantom smells, and I also get, like, general, like, feelings. Um, like, I can distinguish a good spirit from a bad one. Um, when I go into a location, if I sense like a good type of energy, I will feel a tingling, oh, like a tingling okay. in, in my in my arms uh -huh. and in my upper body, and my hair will stand up. Now, if I come across something that is negative, then I will feel that in my heart. My heart will start to pound, almost like I'm about to have a heart attack or um, or a panic attack and uh yeah that's how i distinguish the difference so have you always had this ability or did it roughly start when you had the experience that you told us about in the beginning well, no i've actually always had this ability but i'm actually now working on being able to strengthen it and learn how to use it better so that I can use it in the field. So I guess maybe now would be a good time to ask, uh, what exactly are the dangers <laughs> of um, paranormal investigation? Like when you come across something negative like that, um, what's like the 
worst thing that you're you try to prevent against well one of the main things that you really have to watch out for is them draining your energy because a spirit in order to manifest it's got to take energy from somewhere else mm-hmm. and they can do this by taking energy from the atmosphere we're taking energy from a living person we're taking energy from you know any type of electrical device a lot of times they will drain the batteries in your equipment so you got to make sure to bring plenty of batteries and things like that but one of the most important things you can do is before you go on investigation number one make sure that you are not sick you don't ever want to go on an investigation when you're sick um does it amplify that yes it does really yes it definitely does um yeah there are there are documented cases where people have um had encounters with the paranormal and ended up with terminal illnesses because their energy was low wow You want to make sure that you get plenty of sleep. You want to make sure you get a lot of sleep before an investigation. Make sure you're well rested. You also want to make sure that you're in good spirits. Uh, (laughs) Figuratively, of course. No pun intended, right? (laughs) And literally. And literally. (laughs) So are you afraid that a negative entity will follow you? Has that ever been a concern for you? Um, It's not happened to me, no. Um, But it is possible. And another thing to really watch out for is attachments, because it's very, very easy for spirit to actually attach to you. And that's why it's important to keep your energy high, to keep your emotions high, to make sure that you're happy and positive when you go on an investigation, because anything negative is going to draw in negative spirits. They're going to feed that and attach to it. So you want to make sure that you don't have anything that's going to draw that to you so do you or maybe someone on your team or anyone that you know of does anybody go into this field uh, religiously Hmm. as far as i know on my team i don't i don't really know i don't know if i can answer that because like i said i don't i don't fully know the team yet i'm still in the process right (laughs) learning about them um you know i mean i've I've been with them a month, yes, but I don't work with them very often. Um, it's like, in, for us, it's an every Tuesday thing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get much time to really get to know the team. Um, so I, I don't really know how to answer that one. Fair enough. Okay. Now, one thing that I've, I've read about in a lot of, um, paranormal sightings where people just bumped across stuff they'll notice things after like an animal that they've been with like a pet generally a cat or dog but sometimes parrots and those sort of things they'll notice it first and they'll bring it to the attention of their owner does anyone in the paranormal field use animals in their paranormal hunting i have heard of teams that do um I can't name any off the top of my head, but I, I have heard of teams that do. Okay. Um, I've even read about teams that do. Um, 
but yeah, it's becoming more and more common to do that. Um, and they're also using even more specialized equipment these days. Like there's a lot of teams now that use the, uh, Xbox Connect. Really? And yeah, yeah, because it picks up on body motion and things like that. It's hmm, interesting. It bodies. And a lot of times it will pick up on spectral bodies. At least that's the theory. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen YouTube videos where, you know, that's being used and it's, it's quite interesting. I, however, cannot use it because, well, I, I have an Xbox and I had a Kinect at one point, but it didn't read me because of my chair. Oh, I gotcha. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't pick me up so i don't know it has to be able to read your full body and in order to do that you have to have movement of your entire body and i don't so yeah so it just it it just didn't read me but uh i wish it did because i would love to be able to use that as a paranormal tool so is there any equipment that you wish you had right now? The one piece of equipment that I really want is a thermal imaging camera. Oh. That is the one piece of equipment that I really, really want, but I just don't have the money. So that would be kind of like a, um, one of those uh, thermal thermometers, but <laughs> on steroids or something. Exactly. Exactly. It's a very cool piece of equipment. Um, basically you can read, uh, temperatures through video and on the video, there's actually a gauge on the side that it's like a, it's kind of, it's like a spectrum. It'll show you the difference between hot temperatures and cold temperatures that are being shown on the screen. Yeah. I bet one of those would probably run about what, $2,000 or something. Oh, easily, easily. They're very, which is why I don't have (laughs) the equipment. That I have, I usually get any anywhere between ten to twenty bucks. So yeah, that's definitely not in my price range. <laughs> one day though, but, right? Uh, <laughs> one, can, you know, one can only hope. So, but it's definitely one of my one of my top pieces of equipment that I want. Your most sought after. So, what is your uh, best experience, and what is your worst experience in your thirty years? Well, my worst experience was the one I first talked about. And your best? Yeah, that's not too surprising. <laughs> I, yeah, my best experience was one that was kind of scary, but also kind of fun. <laughs> Sounds interesting. I was, with, I was with a group of friends um, on Halloween night, and I was in high school at the time. And I lived about a block away from an elementary school that was surrounded by woods. And between the school and these woods, on the opposite side of the woods was the cemetery and uh my friends and i we went trick-or-treating that night and we decided to stop off at the school tell ghost stories well we were all sitting in a circle in the woods and suddenly while we were sitting there telling ghost stories we heard the thumping of boots running circles around us in the bushes and we could hear like a jingling almost like a like a key chain or maybe like a a belt chain and yeah we could hear that just jingling away and you know the thumping of boots like somebody running and so 
we were scared out of our minds looking around, looking all through the woods around us, so we could not see a thing. We had flashlights. We couldn't see anything. There was no movement in the bushes, no nothing. And so we got out of there. We got out of the woods for sure. And we went to the school and we went and sat parking lot underneath a street light. We wanted to make sure that we were well lit after that experience. So we sat there in the parking lot and we continued to talk about what just happened to us. And then when we calmed down, we, we sat down and decided to continue on telling our ghost stories. So we sat there and as soon as we started telling ghost stories again, immediately that same jingling sound, the same thumping of boots, except this time on concrete, running around us in a circle around that parking lot, we heard the same sounds. And that's when we decided to leave the school altogether. We were like, ah, uh-uh, screw this, we're out of here. <laughs> and uh, any, a few of us never went back. <laughs> I went back later on in life, though. I went back a couple years later, but I went during the day. <laughs> and uh man i would love to be able to go back there with my equipment because when i went back unfortunately it was before i got my equipment and i would love to be able to go back with my equipment and actually do an investigation no that, that was a true okay so one thing that i kind of wanted to know is uh, a bit about what your visions for the future um I, i'm not really what for the future but your dream like your desire as a uh paranormal investigator like what's the thing that you're like oh i'd love to see that like if you were a crips trip cryptologist maybe you'd be like i'd really want to see bigfoot in my lifetime but uh, for you what would be something that is just would be that crowning achievement for your career in paranormal investigation well i would love to actually be able to see a full-bodied apparition, even if it's just once. I would love to be able to see that. Um, that, to me, is the creme de la creme right there. That's at the top of my list. Okay. So, any would you want, like, a, does it not really matter any kind, whether it be a, a historical figure or not, but you don't really care, just a full-body um, figure? Oh, I don't care who it is. <laughs> I mean, it could be Elvis Presley. I don't care. <laughs> if, it's, if it's a full-bodied apparition, I welcome it. Okay. That's, yeah, to me, that's the ultimate. And also, I would like to be able to see, like, an object move. I haven't seen that yet either. Okay. So so while you're um, in the the field... What is generally the the biggest human caused challenge? And by human caused, um, not somebody who's moved on, but like, what's the biggest run into that you find of people outside of your team? Not quite sure I'm getting the meaning of your question. Okay, so like, yeah, you're out investigating some area. Like, is it you would find like tourists get in your way, or maybe people are like, ah, you're crazy, get out of here, <laughs> or something like that, or is it, um, or is that not really even an issue? That that's the sort of thing that you run across. Well, for me personally, that's not really an issue right now. Okay, but it, in the past, it really used to be. Yeah, like I said, you know, they uh, they really used to really question me on my abilities because of my disability. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, you know, but before 
actually joined the team. I used to do a lot of local investigations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so they, they really used to get down on me about, you know, being able to truly perform as a paranormal investigator and, you know, while being disabled at the same time. Yeah. I suppose that that would make a a specific um, challenge that uh, other people wouldn't uh, have. Maybe other people would find different issues, but that one's uh, kind of uh, something that... (laughs) Your own, um, I suppose, challenge, your own, what am I thinking of? Uh, I, I understand what you mean, though. It's, you know, it's definitely, for me, being disabled in this field is a reason to challenge myself. Right. You know, it's a reason for me to actually go out and do this. Because it's giving me the opportunity to prove to myself that I can do it. Mm. And, you know, and that's all I really care about is I, I want to be able to help people. Yeah. That's uh, one thing that, um, it seems to be like the, the biggest motivation for you is that you, you get to go out and help people. And one of the things is, I guess that <laughs> I didn't really have this question coming into it, but I've just recently <laughs> thought of it is when you help people, do you help both also the 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 apparition that you run into, whether it be a ghost or whatnot, can you maybe help some things that are past um, become reconciled with their previous life? Um, there have been times when I've tried. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't really know if I was successful or not, but uh, there have been quite a few times where I wasn't. Um, but I have tried. Mm. And it's, I don't know, I just, I don't think that's really my area. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so the it, people that you have something then. That I, it is something that I have attempted, yeah. <laughs> so the people that you help then, um, whether they are, I suppose that they, they're in a house or something and their house they feel is haunted and they want somebody to come check it out to give them peace of mind or something like that? Right. Yeah, basically what I like to do is, you know, I like to not only help them figure out what's going on with, you know, their, uh, their activity, but also to sort of educate them Mm -hmm. on what the paranormal is and what they can expect from these experiences. So that way they can be less afraid of what it is that they're experiencing because they'll know more about it. Mm-hmm. Because the more you educate people on these things, the less afraid they become. Hmm. Interesting. And, yeah. And so that's, you know, that's kind of my goal with this is to kind of ease their minds a little bit by educating them about what it is that they're truly experiencing and what it is that, you know, the spirits that they're experiencing may be going through as well. And to basically, uh, you know, tell whoever it is that's experiencing it, you know, to just think of them as people because 
you know, that's what they were. Right. Okay. So do you um do you find these people or do they contact you for an investigation? Um I when I was solo, I generally did not go out of my way to investigate places. I would let them come to me because like I said, mm-hmm. I'm I'm here to help people. I'm not here just just mm-hmm. to Right. Right. Okay. So um yeah, generally they would come me. What would be like a, a typical example of one that would kind of a, a story that the time that you went out to help somebody like what would be like an average story? Do you have like a story, an example of what an average call would entail? Well, I I did a local house where this woman was experiencing hearing noises of somebody walking up and down the stairs at all hours of the night. And so she called me up and we met in a very public place um, and I interviewed her and, you know, she seemed like a very average, very stable human being. And so I, I gave her the benefit of a doubt and I, you know, I listened to her story and um, she invited me out of her house. So we went out there and uh, I interviewed her again and I basically went through and I got the feeling for the place, things like that, to, to see generally what I would pick up. And uh, yeah, sure enough, the hair on my arms was, was standing up and I was getting that tingling. So there was definitely something there. But uh, I ultimately, though, did not get the chance to thoroughly investigate the place because I kind of messed up. <laughs> There was a tale, there was a detail in her life that she did not happen to mention to me. And because I didn't know about it, I kind of screwed up. But it was my first time actually doing an investigation for a client in, in their home. And so, you know, we all screw up at least once. Right. <laughs> so, so you get experience. Yeah. But what had happened was she and her husband had split. And uh, what I didn't know is that she and her ex-husband were on very, very bad terms with each other. And they just happened to be living right next door to one another. Really? Yeah. And, and so I went through the neighborhood to, you know, ask around and I, I asked the, the client, I said, is it okay if I talk to your neighbors and ask around to see if maybe they have ever witnessed or experienced anything with your house? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. And so I was like, okay. So I, I went, I, I started talking to her neighbors and I went to a few houses and then I went next door. And I knocked on the door and this woman answered and uh, I started asking questions about the house. And she says, hold on a minute, let me get my husband. Come to find out it was the ex of my client. And they wanted to talk to me to basically give her a hard time. So I I bolted before he came out. <laughs> but uh, What a yeah, weird coincidence. Yes, but apparently... Um, he had actually given her a hard time about it the next day and they got into an argument. And so, yeah, to this, to this day, that, that client and I do not speak. Um, and I feel terrible about it. I mean, I, 
obviously it wasn't something I did purposely. Right. So, you know, I, I do feel terrible about what happened and I wish I could have fully investigated that place because, I mean, she had a very interesting story and there was obviously something in the house. I would have been trying to investigate, but I just I've heard of lots of people who've had similar encounters with hearing footsteps walking through uh, the house. And that, that's, uh, I've been in house, uh, one house where people have heard what they thought was a ghost walking up and down the hallways and, you know, you read stories about houses where people have been murdered. And they they say that the murderer's ghost is walking through the house. Right. Why? Uh, what do you think that that it would be? The footsteps. Well, a lot of times. Well, it depends on the situation. Okay. You know, I mean, it could be residual, or it could be an intelligent haunting, or it could be a poltergeist. You know, and poltergeists are actually said to not even actually be spirits. Um, poltergeists are generally manifested by the energy of a living person. Um, How a lot of a lot of times they're generated by people who are going through puberty. And things like that, because when you're going through, you know, that that stage in your life, um, there's a lot of emotional energy that is within you because you're going through a very hard time um, and your emotions are constantly developing and changing and things like that during that time in your life. And so you do tend to um, radiate a lot of energy and a lot of times that energy can manifest as a poltergeist it it can cause a lot of things to happen um mostly through telekinesis and things like that because your your emotions are high which you know and your brain waves are high and your body is just going through a lot of a lot of changes and it's very emotionally charged so that can cause a lot of that activity. How interesting. So I think we're coming close to the end here. Is there any last questions you have for our guest, Conrad? No, I've actually gone through a lot of them, and a few of them he's answered without even me asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a good then. I'm I was really interested to know a lot about like what was his field and that sort of thing, but. Uh, I've I have learned quite a bit today. I'm very excited to have had you on today. I've I'm it's been a wide uh, an eye widening podcast. It definitely has. Well, that's good. that's good. I mean, I I enjoy talking about the paranormal. Um, I enjoy educating people on the subject, and you know, I it's just something that I've always really had a very strong interest in so so i have one more question for you andy and that is if you had the opportunity would you ever investigate robert the doll robert the doll (laughs) (laughs) you know a part of me wants to say yes (laughs) are you a little hesitant on that or a little bit I mean, I've heard some horror stories about Robert the Doll, and, uh... <laughs> Hence the hesitation. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um... I believe they keep them in a glass case now or something? Uh-huh, yep, they sure do. 
They sure do. He's right up there with Annabelle. Yeah. Um, I, I guess in a way, I, I would probably investigate both. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be hesitant about it, but I probably would, to be very honest. <laughs> it's your curiosity. Absolutely. <laughs> well, where can people find, uh, you on social media? Um, I am on Instagram at Grave Encounters Paranormal. And that, if they wanted to follow your uh, story, uh, your investigations, uh, how would they find uh, your podcast that you're on? Um, well, the only thing that I know that we're on is Spotify, but we are working on other um, other means of getting our podcast out there. Um, let me see. I might have a list. Some. Do you know if it's a fairly new podcast or has it been around for a while? Um, I believe it's fairly new. Well, I found this one on the Stitcher. It's called uh, P-I-O-T, uh, Paranormal Investigators. And they just <laughs> – it seems as though they've just done one a, cup, a couple of months ago about – uh, where craft beer meets paranormal investigations. <laughs> Would that be all? I think that's a different one. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, in our podcasts, we don't always stick to the paranormal. <laughs> we do about other subjects as well. But yeah, oh, that's interesting. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to a couple of your episodes, and I don't think I've heard anything mentioned about craft beer being general. So. <laughs> But it was a pleasure having you on the program, Andy. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Definitely uh, would like to have you back whenever you'd like. Sure, anytime. Anytime or any day except for Tuesdays. I can't do it Tuesdays because I'm working. But As we are other, all. Yeah, free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all have day jobs. <laughs> all right, well... Thank you for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies, everybody. As usual, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>